well-known pimp, narcotics king, big-time racketeer, back in full force. This could be one of the big moments in your life. Don't make it your last. Look, this thing might be bigger than even we think it is. Do you need an upgrade to the soundtrack to your life? Perhaps a song from a film or a tune from TV. My name is Gap. Exploding Head Movies is here to give you sounds from the cinema, along with the songs that will be defining your future and those forgotten classics that need a little rescue. Monday, 7 9 p.m. on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. This is Sir Reginald Wainsmere, composer of the film Too Many Tuesdays. You can hear my music and much more on Exploding Head Movies, Mondays at 7 on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. In the background, the main titles, two, Hans Zimmer's score to 12 Years a Slave. My name is Gak, celebrating 12 years on air here, 12 years a slave to the rhythm and the space and the sound and the scene.
such a wintry day that it takes a bit of time for the appropriate devices to thaw out and share with you appropriate tunage. Similar as it was one wintry day, January 14th, 2008, when I made my debut on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. As I elected to decide to turn something on at the same time, and it doesn't want to cooperate. So good evening! Hiva and a pleasant Monday evening to whoever you may be. Welcome to yet another episode of Exploding Head Movies. This is your cinematically inspired program found on Vancouver's dozenful community radio station, CITR. Your voice at the University of British Columbia here on 101.9 FM. We broadcast at an average of 1,800 watts from unceded Musqueam territory from the Student Nest on campus. And our signal takes us throughout the lower mainland. From Squamish in the north, Bellingham, Washington to the south, West Pass Point Gray and across the Salish Sea. Our frequency has been racing with our friends over at the University of Victoria for many a year. There's EFUV. We are CITR, and our signal continues east past Langley, deep into the Fraser Valley. If you're on Telus Optic, you can tune in on channel 7023, at least in British Columbia and Alberta. Otherwise, in all these places and everywhere else the internet takes you, we have live streams, podcasts, play sheets, interviews, other f- features tied to the art scene here in the Lower Mainland. Just go to www.citr.ca. My name is Gek, and I'll be yanking the white hairs from my beard and taping them to my forehead for the next two hours. So gather around, you young whippersnappers, before I chase you off my lawn. At least shovel the sidewalks, you ankle biters, you rugrats, you young perks. Phone number for the station for those of you listening live is 604-822-2487. All those twos allow you to spell out something. UBC, C-I-T-R. Do keep it short and sweet and to the point since we are mixing everything live here. There are certain facts that we have to sort of dig up because today has been a momentous day, at least with regards to an annual part of this show. You can email anytime Radio Free Gak, and that's G A K at gmail.com. Exploding Head Movies is on Facebook under its given name. On Twitter at 100 Aaron. On Instagram as Myopic Man. So, hopefully, you're managing to handle our rare bout of snow and otherwise cold weather. Being from Thunder Bay, this is something you'd roundly mock, except for the fact that, oh yeah, our snow is pretty wet, and oh yeah, this city is pretty hilly, and oh yeah, these roads are pretty slippery, so. Shout out for the car to go, that was parked diagonally near me, and stayed diagonally, so. Bit of a race to get to here and into your ears. And of course, mindful of a lot of other things going on, because it's, it's cold here, for sure. But it's blazing hot in Australia, I've been watching wildfires do a lot of damage there. I don't know how many hundreds of millions of animals have perished or are in peril as a result of a little of a climate neglect. Can't deny what's happening there is bad. Otherwise, we'll make note of uh, what the situation in Iran is right now, and uh, specifically with the Ukrainian international flight, all the people who perished, and specific to the University of British Columbia. 
a tribute to uh, Mehran Abtahi, postdoctoral civil engineer candidate. Only been with UBC for a few months before being on the plane that now has been confirmed to be shot down by the Iranians. And also uh, two alumni, Mohammad Hossein and Zainab Asadi Lari, who had graduated from UBC some time ago and were living in Ontario. So yes, I'm marking 12 years on air here. Radio Free GAC was the original name of the show for two years, so believe it or not, the X in Exploding Head Movies is true now because the show is 10 years on air. I've been here for 12, so it's been a blur. And then oddly timed for how things are going is the uh, updated schedule events for what usually happens this year, which I'll get into shortly, but I should talk about at least about what we've played. And uh, I spoke over Hans Zimmer's main theme from the 2012 film 12 Years a Slave, which did win Best Picture for the Oscars in 2013. Should quickly look up to see what else it won, because, yes, things were frantic here. Whereas we're dealing with what's happening on the show. Zimmer won his only Oscar for his music from The Lion King, the original one that came out in 1995. And he actually did help out with the recent CGI live-action remake. He was recently nominated back in 2017 for his music from Dunkirk, which we profiled here. And uh, also did Interstellar, Inception, and Sherlock Holmes, for which he was nominated. Recent news for Zimmer, he was tipped to take over the reins of scoring the upcoming James Bond flick, No Time to Die, after the original composer Dan Romer was let go due to creative differences. And yes, 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture of the Year. Co-produced by Brad Pitt, who's part of this upcoming Oscars. There's your teaser. Also, best uh, performance by actress and supporting role by Lupita Nyong'o, who was denied an obvious candidacy this time around, and then best adapted screenplay by John Ridley. Then we heard a little bit of Alan Silvestri, the trumpet fanfare from the 1988 film Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which we profiled last year, because in 2019, animator-director Richard Williams passed away. And Silvestri was on the shortlist for best original score this year for his music from Avengers Endgame. There was a list of 15 scores that potentially could have made the final nominees. We're down to five now. And that's your true tease about what's going to be happening for the next few weeks. And then we heard the Pointer Sisters with the Sesame Street classic Pinball Number Count as re-edited by DJ Food for a 2003 12-inch. The original 70s piece was written by Walt Kramer, a funky jam that allowed kids to learn numbers up to 12, though no version exists with the number one. And actually, if you pay attention to Sesame Street, it was never sponsored by the number one. Because uh, one didn't have that much money, I hear. Or if not, it had enough brand name value that it had no need to stoop that low to work with a now 50-year-old show. The master tapes of the original pinball number count were unrecoverable, but thanks to Strictly Kev and the other folks on the Ninja Tune team, DJ Food was able to sort of paste together three of the separate solos from the piece along with every single number along the way, from 2 to 12. So, yes. From what I understand, at least, of uh, up until recent Sesame Street, uh, we're approaching uncountable territory here. 
12 years. After that, who knows? But yes, the nominees for the 92nd Academy Awards were announced super early this morning. And it's a little bit of a scramble to organize this show for you, but uh, at this point, we now know what to do. The big films that have been garnered nominations are Joker, which picked up 11, including a best score for Behilder Guthna Daughter, who recently won a Golden Globe for her score, and we profiled it back in November, and guess what? Before Oscar season's over, we will be profiling it again. Otherwise, with 10, we have The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 1917. For six nominees, we have Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, Parasites, and our first score profile, Little Women by Alexandra Desplat. All the aforementioned films are up for Best Picture, including Ford versus Ferrari. But yes, along with uh, the next few weeks, we'll hear from Joker, Marriage Story, 1917, and what we profiled last week, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. So we'll take care of that for you. Otherwise, as songs go, this week we'll listen to something from Rocket Man, and then we'll get into Toy Story 4, Breakthrough, Harriet, and Frozen 2 in the coming weeks. So we'll tackle some of the snub songs, because the song category tends to be kind of a grab bag for me personally. So I'll dig up two of the shortlisted songs from the recent Lion King remake, since we had talked about it before. So along with some Elton John, we'll get some Beyonce for you, because somehow she wasn't nominated has yet to be. Oscars will be handed out February 9th, so early this year. Short and scheduled, so we'll try to cram everything in for you. In the background, this is Yusu. Off of the roll with the punches, 12-inch. This is Taipu's Tiger. So, we're going to stick with a bit of a Sesame Street theme anyways, because uh, we need to catch up with some of the eulogies of those who recently deceased over the Christmas break. I did touch upon this during the Christmas episode, but Felt appropriate to dig up some more material. Uh, it seems like 2020 on, continues on with a harrowing streak of recent years. So, Carol Spinney was the main puppeteer behind Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch for almost the entire time that Sesame Street has been on the air. And he was able to balance the innocence of a big yellow bird, which he portrayed using one arm up the costume to operate the head, the beak, and he had a little thing on his fingers to operate the eyes too. Otherwise, he looked down at a video monitor strapped to his chest to understand where he could move since he couldn't look out through the feathers. Also did the rascally grumpiness of the trash can dwelling monster inspired by a New York cabbie. And Oscar the Grouch is where we will start off with his most defining song, which has been re-recorded multiple times during the span of Sesame Street. But we're going to go back to the original from 1970, the first Sesame Street album, the Sesame Street book and record. This is Oscar on our first Oscar nomination episode for 2020 with I Love Trash. You hear a little bob at the beginning, too. You're now listening to the very old Exploding Head movies. Back in a time before the silent era, this is live from the realms of Studio A of that tidy, yet profusely refusal, little radio station that you know and love, just like trash. This is CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. 12 years. Okay, okay. I've waited long enough, and now the time has come. Oscar, what are you doing anyway? What does it look like I'm doing, Bob? Well, it looks like you're, you know, making a mess. I'm getting ready to sing my song, so I'm throwing out all my trash onto the sidewalk. Isn't it beautiful? Well, I wouldn't say it's exactly beautiful, Oscar. Well, I would. Just look at it all. What a beautiful, junky mess of rotten 
rusty, mangy, musty, crummy, beautiful trash. Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. If you really want to see something trashy, look at this. I have here a sneaker that's tattered and worn. It's awful, the holes and the laces are torn. A gift from my mother the day I was born. I love it because it's trash. Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. Here's some more rotten stuff. I have here some newspaper, 13 months old. I wrap fish inside it, it's smelly and old. But I wouldn't trade it for a big pot of gold. I love it because it's trash. Yes, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. Now look at this restless junk. Five o'clock, it won't work. And then no telephone. A broken umbrella, a rusty trombone. And I am delighted to call them my own. I love them because... They're trash. Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or stingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love, I love, I love trash. I'm an art student. And my biggest job prospect is Starbucks. I'm a sixth year student. I don't even have a major yet. I got a pointless degree, and now I work a nine to five job where all I do is sit in a cubicle and look busy. My final grade's a 46, and the prof won't round it to a pass. <laughs> I'm in a loveless marriage, and I fear my wife is going to leave me. If, if only, only there was a short escape from my sad, sad, sad life. Looking for a short escape? This January, join the Vancouver Short Film Festival on a journey through 46 films made by BC filmmakers. Featuring six screening programs, a 10th year retrospective celebration, door prizes, and the opportunity to rub shoulders with BC's up-and-coming filmmakers, you won't want to miss this. With the ticket to any screening, you can attend the opening and closing parties and revel in the amazing work cooked up by talented local filmmakers. January 24th to 26th at the Van City Theatre. For more information, head to vsff.com. All screenings are 19+. plus. Keep, Keep it short at the 2020 Vancouver Short Film Festival. You love the baby. But I love you too. I mean... How could you love us both? Well, for the baby, I've got baby love, and for you, I've got big bird love. Hmm? What do you mean? Well, I do. That's the way it works. See, you can love lots of different people. You just love each person in his own way. Yeah? Sure, there's special kinds of love for each person. 
I'm not sure I understand. Buffy St. Marie and Big Bird from a 1977 episode of Sesame Street where St. Marie introduces the neighborhood to her son, Cody. And Big Bird gets jealous. That was different people, different ways. Buffy St. Marie was a regular on Sesame Street from 1975 to 1981, allowing the audience to see that indigenous people were around and active and just regular people. I remember being as part of the then sort of famous Sesame Street Goes to Hawaii. And, uh, yeah, strong presence there. And St. Marie is still active herself. She's had a long, successful career. Still going to this day. Her most recent album is 2017's Medicine Songs. And so we're talking Oscars. Buffy St. Marie won an Academy Award back in 1982 for her song Up Where We Belong from a film, An Officer and a Gentleman performed by Joe Conker and Jennifer Warrens. Big Bird, get my New York accent again. Big Boy, portrayed by Carol Spinney, remained the main hook for Sesame Street, for at least for its first half of its current life, anchoring various films. Follow that bird being my younger brother's favorite. And he was quite the icon for innocence and exploring the world until that uh, little red monster Elmo came along, becoming the boon or bane for the second half of the show's life. Spinney kept performing as both Big Bird and Oscar the Rouch, although switching to voicing over in 2015. And we actually just heard him playing Oscar the Grouch with longtime human Bob, I Love Trash. 
But yeah, in 2015, Spinney stepped away from performing due to physical setbacks. And he officially retired in October 2018. So he's had understudies for quite some time. Which is kind of necessary because there are scenes where Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch interact with each other. So what was done in that case is that Spinney would look at which uh, Muppet had the most lines, would pre-record his material for the other Muppet. They'd work on the coronation of the scene and they'd portray the other one. So yeah, since HBO's taken over airing the newer Sesame Street episodes first before they get to PBS and then elsewhere... Due to the longer production cycle, there are still unaired episodes featuring Spinney's voice, so he will still be heard on Sesame Street's 50th anniversary season, set to air this year. He was the subject of a documentary in 2014, I Am Big Bird, The Carol Spinney Story. And the last Spinney died on December 8th in 2019 from dystonia, sort of a physically debilitating disease. He was 85 years old. Behind me, this is new music from CFCF of last year's Liquid Colors album, which just came out a few weeks ago. This is Reutopia, and CFCF is the alias of Montreal's Michael Silver. So we'll continue on with a bit of a children's theme here, because also recently deceased, having connections to kids' programming and sci-fi, René Aubergenois, actor, singer, voice artist, narrator, and director, and uh, appeared on TV shows like M.A.S.H., Benson, Boston Legal, and relevant to our interests eventually, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We'll circle back to that in a bit since, as I said, we're in a kid's mode. So let's go with his showpiece song from the 1988 Disney film The Little Mermaid, part of the renaissance of the mouse, especially the animation world, which will also be joining the recent trend of cartoons being converted to CGI live-action films for no apparent reason. Like the aforementioned and soon to be at least discussed, The Lion King. Rene Aubergenois portrayed Chef Louis, and here he is singing about uh, preparing to cook some fish. So, ha ha ha, here comes Le Passant. Poissons, les poissons, how I love les poissons! Love to chop and to serve little feet. First I cut off their heads and I pull out their bones. Ah, mais oui, ça c'est toujours délire. Les poissons, les poissons, hi hi hi, ha ha ha! With a I hack them in two. I pull out what's inside and I serve it up. I've got a love little fishes, don't you? Here's something for tempting the palate. Prepared in the classic technique. First you pound the fish fat with the mallet. Then you slash off the skin, give the belly a slice. Then you rub some salt in, cause that makes it this nice. Zut, alors, I have missed one. Sacrable, what is this? How on earth could I miss such a sweet little succulent crab? Quel dommage, what a loss. Here we go, in the sauce. Now some flour, I think. Now I stuff you with bread. It don't hurt, because you're dead. And you're certainly lucky you are. Because it's going to be hot in my big silver pot. Do that, you mean, mon poisson au revoir. 
Accessibility. Disability. Mental health. ADHD and ADD. And many, many more topics we explore and cover. But where? On, On CITR's All Access Pass. A unique and collectively run show on equity, inclusion, and creating awareness for people of all abilities in BC and around the world. Catch us every other Wednesday afternoon from 3 to 4. If you want more info or want to get involved, please find us on Facebook or send us an email at accessibilitycollective at citr.ca. Dennis McCarthy, the main title from the 90s Star Trek TV series Deep Space Nine. At least that version from the first three seasons before the Dominion War subplot took over in season four and the theme got darker and more full. Deep Space Nine was a spinoff of sorts from The Next Generation as it detailed the gritty life of an old Cardassian space station taken over by the Federation that orbited around the planet Bajor. Near a sacred and plot-important wormhole. And René Aubergenois portrayed the security detach Odo, a shapeshifter with initially mysterious origins, though in time they were explained and became a major part of the war. Constable Odo was a gruff, no-nonsense arbiter of justice who stuck with a humanoid form, though in later seasons became more empathetic and fluid with his shape, and his relationships with other personnel improved. Deep Space Nine was always an outlier in between the behemoth of the next generation, which continues again, born anew, as Patrick Stewart reprises his role as Jean-Luc Picard in a new CBS series focusing on his life away from Starfleet. 
I hope it's just him with the vineyards and his dog named Number One. And then Deep Space came out before Voyager, which was the showpiece for the then-new UPN TV network. But still, over 25 years since its debut, Deep Space Nine has picked up a cult status for its less-than-utopic view of space. Where diplomacy doesn't always work, and the good guys end up doing some questionable deeds. And Aubergenois, like most Star Trek actors, really loved the fan response to him. And he was known to actually sing the song we heard beforehand at conferences. Because he portrayed Chef Louis from The Little Mermaid, and he sang Les Poissons. <laughs> Aubergenois died December 8th, 2019, after battling metastatic lung cancer for a time. He was 79 years old. My name is Gak, you're listening to Exploding Games here on CITR 101.9 FM. And tying into our next tribute here for the recently departed in the background, this is the Minneapolis jazz act The Bad Plus from their 2007 album Prague. Featuring various pop covers in modern jazz form, this is their take of Tom Sawyer. Original version, a seminal bit of hard rock that appeared on the 1981 album Moving Pictures by Toronto's Rush. Rush formed in 1968 in the suburb of Willowdale, Ontario. Originally in a blues rock vein, kind of a Led Zeppelin knockoff. And they'd been building up a reputation for their musicianship. And they eventually got into touring, especially for their 1974 self-titled debut. But that year, the original drummer John Rutsey had to step away as he battled diabetes. And he didn't really like life on the road. So founding guitarist Alex Lifeson, and then... Pretty much a soon founder, although he basically, after the original bassist vocalist quit after two practices, Geddy Lee came on board. They held auditions and found their new drummer who drove up in a beat-up <coughs> Pinto drum kit in the back. And boy, could he play. So they've not only found their new drummer, but their eventual lyricist, Neil Peart. Peart helped steer the progressive rock aspect of Rush into the forefront as the lyrics got into sci-fi and fantasy at first. Became a defining part of their 1970s sound as Lifeson and Lee went into weird chords, stranger time signatures, and longer songs. And despite being a protest <laughs> against the record label, their 1976 album 2112 starts off with an epic 20-plus minute song about a galactic battle. Kind of gave the stereotype as being geeky, but it was a massive hit. And each album presented the band a chance to grow, and Peart became known for his epic drum kit. Always learning new materials, picking up other percussive elements, picking up electronic dums, drums. 1980s Rush was very synth-oriented and oddly radio-friendly. We're going to switch into song mode here, with that obvious segue. Originally appearing on their 1980 album Permanent Waves, and inspired by the early years of CFNY Radio in Toronto. Though I'll say not their current past couple of Gades and change. So here's a cover by Selena Martin off of 2010's Disaster Fantasies. This is Selena Martin with her take of Rush's The Spirit of Radio. Thank you. 
fingers For the spirited ever lingers And demanding contact in your happy solitude
I don't have any friends and you can too. Tune into Teachable Moments on 101.9 FM every Tuesday at 4 p.m. if you're a f***ing dork. I specifically said no geeks. Well, my mom says I'm cool. Listen to Exploding Head Movies on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you.
Behind me, this is the Montreal Guitar Trio with their take. Another version of Rush's Tom Sawyer. You can find this on the 2014 album Der Prinz. Although it's uh, spelt German style, so it's Der Prinz. Prinz. However it is. And we just heard crazy 10-8 time signature song. One of the great ways to highlight the power of Professor Neil Peart's drumming. That instrumental ode to their hometown via Pearson's Airport three-letter code, converted to Morse code from 1981's Moving Pictures, also home to the original version of Tom Sawyer, Rush with Y, Y, Z. A big favorite amongst fans and musicians alike. To the point I saw, as I was watching a whole bunch of recent Rush, or at least a recent binge of Rush videos, there would be crowds of 70,000 people singing along to that instrumental, which seems batty. And then everyone air drumming to Neil Parrot as well. Quality times. Parrot was widely lauded for his attention to detail when it came to drumming along with lyrics. He was inspired by some of the wilder rock drummers, but he was very inward focused and expanded his knowledge over the times. For Rush, as the 80s and 90s progressed, the synths were scaled back to the core three-piece sound, and Parrot kept studying various cultures' approaches to drumming, adding to his already confoundingly large kit. And his patterns actually tied to the lyrics. If you listen to subdivisions, you notice that each verse has a different drum pattern. But he still felt like he needed to learn, and at some point he worked with the Buddy Rich big band and he worked with a drum teacher in the late 90s to pick up some swing. So, later Rush albums, despite being definitely more hard rock as opposed to synth pop or proggy, had a little bit more of a, like a rhythm, as it were, somehow. Tragedy impacted Peart's life a fair bit 20 years ago. His teenage daughter died in a car accident in 1997, and 10 months later, his first wife died of cancer. Rush went into hiatus as Peart mourned up a motorbike and then rode throughout North and Central America. For a time, he was known for riding from gig to gig later on a motorbike. Even doing a road bike sometimes. Wrote various books describing his lifestyle, showing the same level of thoughtfulness that crept into his lyrics. Parrot retired in 2015 after a 40th anniversary world tour. All the years of chronic tendonitis and shoulder problems caught up to him. As a perfectionist, he wanted to make sure he still played the way he did. So in 2018, Rush announced that they were over. It kind of lined up with the unmentioned ailment that eventually ended Parrot's life on January 7th, which was announced on December or January 10th. Glioblastoma, the same brain cancer that took down Gord Downey from the tragically hip. So, Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson paid tribute to their bandmate and most importantly their friend that uh, he had passed away. Neil Peart, 67 years old. If you want to watch more, there's tons of live Rush footage, but there's also a documentary from 2010 called Beyond the Lighted Stage to show you what they were really like. My name's Gak, and I'm your Monday Warrior here on CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver, marking 10 years of Exploding Head Movies and 12 years of me on air. Uh, before we get into our Oscar profiles, we need to take care of some other music here. We'll start off with a little music from the Netherlands. We've played some of BEA 1991's brand new adult before, and this song seems to nicely line up with what we're doing as we 
drop more factoids for you. Here's BEA 1991 with Philip. New Age technologies, flexible business models, groundbreaking innovations. These will all be part of the conversation at the 5th annual UBC Africa Business Forum, the largest student conference of its kind in Western Canada. From the youngest presidential candidate of Nigeria to a BET-nominated Kenyan artist, as well as leading techpreneurs, there's an incredible lineup of speakers for the day. Come down to the Africa Business Forum on January 25th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. in the UBC Nest for a day of trailblazing innovation. Tickets available at ubcabc.ca.
Mixing a little bit of Denmark and Duluth, Minnesota. That was Trent Miller, joined by Low off of the 2013 album Lost. That song was The Dream. Trent Miller's most recent album came out last year called Averse. Not Observe, but Averse. Quality Danish production. And then Low, most recent album came out in 2018 called Double Negative. Sort of like a fragmented style for the slow core. Atmospheric, but almost heartbreaking in ways. And in the background, this is Matthew Cardinal. Off of the 2018 compilation Ho 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 Canada, number 10. This talks about January 8th, which was this past Wednesday. I believe something significant happened that day. I'm debating my memory right now because it seems like the current news cycle is just everything. All the time, every possible hour, something's gone amiss. But I'll tell you, today is January 13th. January 14th marks my anniversary on air. My name is Gak. You're listening to Exploding Hit Movies here on CITR 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from unseen Musqueam territory from the UBC campus here. The edge of civilization here. Vancouver itself the endowment lands what do we have for you next year well eventually we'll get into our oscar profile as time runs short on things but um paper bag records put out a winter sampler a little while ago highlighting a lot of their roster and this track continues on with laura barrett's expertise with the kalimba here's laura barrett with humble fawn Snack on the slide. Here are my friends, don't be shy. Why don't you give us a peek? Sneak us a snack on the slide. Here are my friends, don't be shy. 
Everybody, you are listening to 101.9 FM in Vancouver, CITR. Catch Exploding Head Movies, Mondays at 7. Four. 
Out of Pompano Beach, Florida, that was the postmarks. And appearing on the 2008 album, By the Numbers, featuring all manners of numeric songs. That was their version of the Sesame Street pinball number count. Uh, we started the show about an hour ago. And beforehand, out of Toronto, Laura Barrett with Humble Fawn. Most recent work was for a feature film called Birdland. Also worked on a dystopian VR game and a discount department store. And yes, Gak is marking 12 years at CITR. Exploding Hit Movies is here for 10 years. And Oscar season begins in earnest. So eventually we'll get into Little Women. Behind me from Verdun, Montreal, this is Andre Perry. And off of 1969 album La Fonie, with direction by Walter Boudreau. This is part three of An Ode à l'Affaire. J'ai perdu 15 dans le nez froid du linge français. I've lost 15 cents for the frozen nose of a bronze angel. Awesome stuff. Uh, let's get some local noise into your ears here, because there's new music that came out before Christmas from Stork. Great band. Luke Mead on vocals, formerly of A Noise here on CITR back in the day. Off of album two, this is Stork with Come Join Us. Shindig 2020, CITR's annual Battle of the Bands extravaganza. 16 bands enter, one will be left standing. It's happening every Tuesday in January at Redgate. For our second week, Tuesday, January 14th, we've got The Get Highs, Holtzkoff, Death Talks, and Akita. Doors are at 7.30, bands at 8. $5 at the door, though no one will be turned away for lack of funds. Finalists will be announced on Wednesday, January 29th. Come out on Tuesday to hear some of the Lower Mainland's best bands throw down for the top spot. I'm a dog calling home, crawling back and be alone. I'm a dog calling home, crawling back and be alone. I'm a dog calling home.
I always have to remember sometimes with Stork, their songs are really short. Of course, did I pick the 50-second song intentionally? Once. I remember those 50 seconds. Eventually. Such as it was. So we start off with Stork off of their second album. It's silver and shiny. Almost a spitting image of their debut, except not black. Silver. We're here to join us. Stork's already in the studio recording their third album. They kind of do a thing where they actually let it gestate for a little bit. Try to line up releases for ends of years. But yeah, Stork, always a blast. Definitely more complicated sounds this time with the second album. Need to share some more with you in time. Or does it feel like I'm talking nonstop? And we heard Necking off of 2019's Cut Your Teeth. We heard Rover. Nucking Solid Quartet, and they have a couple shows in town this week and next. Uh, they're playing with IMUR and Evan Conrad this Thursday, January 16th at the Fortune Sound Club. Tickets look like they're still available, although I'm trying to look up the price right now and the links aren't working. Good job. Otherwise, Necking also play with Shady Bug out of St. Louis. They have a show with Maneater the following Thursday, January 23rd at Redgate Art Society. And that is a $10 show. Everything starts at 8 o'clock. Red Gates, as we heard during the ad, is also home of Shindig. CITR is about all the bands. It's got the shake-up format this year. Four bands, four nights. Each of the four nights. Then on the fifth night, we find out who wins each of those nights, and they play for the finale. Red Gates in the news because city rents are tripling, and they need their help to keep running because at this point... You notice with listings as of late, there's only a few venues that usually get cited, particularly for local acts getting started. So Redgate Art Society has started up a Patreon page, which if you support local music in Vancouver or alternative venues for events, something not appropriate for the mainstream clubs, you need these places, safe spaces, quality time. So yeah, Redgate, Scott Patreon. And since we're talking about fundraisers, the Toast Collective, corner of Kingsway and Fraser, they're having rent issues too, so there's going to be a fundraiser party for that as well. In the background, from Venezuela 1970, this is Miguel Angel Fuster with Polvo Lunar. Great little soul jazz compilation from 2016, highlighting the South American country's kind of funky scene. Do we have time? No, but am I going to tell you about the soundtracks that are available for streaming, purchase, download this week? You betcha. So for new releases, David Arnold and Michael Price provide the score to the new British TV series Dracula. That's coming out through Silver Screen. Sandro Di Stefano provides the music to Hard Night Falling, and that's out this week. Alexa Aigui provides the music to La Verite. It's coming out through Music Box Records. And Christoph Beck. We played a little bit of last week, and we will appear later on in the coming weeks since he worked on Frozen 2. Beck works with Jake Monaco for the score to Like a Boss. It's coming out to Paramount Music. Got a couple wild little Indian Bollywood soundtracks here from the Super Cassettes Industries label. Devi Sri Prasad, various artists provide this score to Sari Leru Nikivaru. That's coming out as an EP. As is Ajay Atul Sashit Parampara's score. To Tanhaji, the Unsug Warrior. Dead Curzel's soundtrack to True History of the Kelly Gangs coming out through Lakeshore Records. Otherwise, if you've been watching this uh, Kristen Stewart underwater horror movie called Underwater, 
Marco Beltrami and Brandon Roberts provide the score that's coming out through Hollywood Records. On the re-release front, Fabian Romer's score to the TV movie 1989, A Spy Story, is coming out through Koenigskinder. Ennio Morricone, his score to Le Professionnel, is coming out through Music Box Records. And otherwise, Jacob Shea and Hans Zimmer, who we've mentioned a few times in the show already, an expanded addition to their score to Seven Worlds, One Planet, is coming out through Silver Screen. Lightning fast. Hopefully everybody will catch that. At some point I should share these lists that I compile them, although it's honestly from two websites. Handy, sometimes accurate, frequently updated. Anyways, to save myself a little breath here, let's hear some new music from Rasheen Murphy. Formerly of the act Maloko, 90s trip-hop duo out of the UK and Ireland. And uh, after a little bit of a hiatus, she's come back with a couple solid singles. Dance diva from Ireland making her way back. This is one of the singles that came out in 2019. Here's Rasheen Murphy with Narcissus. Thank you. 
Radio show is brewed fresh and served fresh at the peak of its flavor. If you're a tough customer, only the taste of this radio show will do. So go ahead, let Dunkin' Donuts make your radio experience exquisite. Indeed. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts serving sweet treats from the pop underground. Thursdays, noon to one. Hello. Hello. Boy, this is exciting. Explode and head movies.
behind me. This is Octo Octa. Off of her 2019 release, Resonant Body. This is Deep Connections. Octo Octa is the alias of Maya Boldry Morrison. Daystar Brooklyn, New York. Made news in 2016 is coming out as transgender which she accounted as a process began in 2012 when she read a Rolling Stone article about Against Me front woman, Laura Jane Grace. And we just heard the first of our Oscar-nominated Best Original Songs from Rocket Man, a biopic by the man who made the music there. We heard Elton John joined by Taryn Edgerton, who portrays Mr. John in the film with I'm Gonna Love Me Again. Music by Elton John, lyrics by Bernie Taupin, the legendary duo that uh, I've been producing many a song since the late 60s. And part of Rocketman actually details how they met and how they worked together as the former Reginald Dwight leaves his family that doesn't understand him, becomes a pianist singer with a band called Bluesology and then sets out on his own Of course, Elton being Elton, in contrast to what he saw with the Bohemian Rhapsody biopic, wanted more warts and all. First major mainstream film that actually has a proper gay love scene. Rockman's directed by Dexter Fletcher, who rescued the Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody after the previous director was fired. Dealing with some of the director errors, but Bohemian Rhapsody won plenty, or at least a couple of Oscars last year. And uh, Edgerton has already won a Best Actor for Musical Comedy at the Golden Globes. I'm Gonna Love Me Again actually won the Golden Globe with the Golden... Yeah, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. And the film itself was nominated for Best Musical Comedy, but lost to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is up for 10 Oscars this year. Edgerton's not nominated for Best Actor for the Oscars, 92nd Academy Awards, which were announced earlier today. But yeah, I'm Gonna Love Me Again has a little bit of traction based on its competition. So the rest of the nominees that we'll hear in the coming weeks here on Exploding Hemis include music from Toy Story 4, Breakthrough, Frozen 2, which didn't really have a good Academy season, as it were. And we'll get into that a bit more once we actually have time for Frozen. And then Harriet. But I do want to talk about some of the songs that were snubbed, just for the sake of balance. And guess what? You're getting some more Elton John. He's in the midst of a three-year farewell tour. And he won an Oscar back in 1995. Similar to Hans Zimmer from the original Lion King with Can You Feel the Love Tonight? He basically was a lock to win because he was nominated for two other songs from the film Circle of Life and Hakuna Matata. But he came back for the Lion King remake directed by Jon Favreau. He's killing it with Disney Plus's Star Wars series The Mandalorian, which we heard a little bit of last week. But here's Elton John along with South African composer Lebohang Marake, otherwise known as Label M, from Lion King. And it was on the short list for your Oscar nominees, but was not picked up as the final five. Here's Elton John and Label M with Never Too Late.
On Friday, January 17th, CITR 101.9 FM presents our annual 24 hours of radio art programming, featuring innovative approaches to music and sound. It's a full day of spoken word, drone, field recordings, sound collage, plunder phonics, robocalls, voicemail fails, sound art, and noise. CITR's 24 hours of radio art, January 17th. Listen live or online at citr.ca. No! No! 
Non voglio aprire gli occhi! Usci qua! Queen B, Beyonce, joined by a host of others to the point there's a dozen names here. Uh, not even even to try, but from her contribution to the most recent adaptation of The Lion King, and she actually had an active role in uh, curating 
the soundtrack. That was Beyonce with Spirit. It was on the short list of 15 songs in the lead-up to the Oscar Best Original Song nominees. But didn't make the final cut. After winning 23 Grammys, she still has not had a chance to win an Oscar yet because she hasn't been nominated. She actually helped work on Dreamgirls 13 years ago. But uh, her songwriting contribution was disqualified. So in the end, uh, Henry Krieger and Previn and Scott Cutler were recognized for the music to listen. But in the end, it did not win. In the background here, this is Malibu. This is a title track to the 2019 12-inch called One Life. And it's finally time. 15 minutes left in the show because heaven knows I talk too long and have to deal with some other qualifying stuff beforehand. To look at the Best Original Score nominees for the 92nd Academy Awards, which were announced today. Thankfully, somehow, I managed to actually predict the five nominees, partly based on some trend analysis, even though I think, are they the best five scores of the year? Not necessarily, because there's a whole bunch of other stuff I've listened to, which probably suits me more. But we're going to listen to music from Little Women. Based on Louisa May Alcott's novel about four sisters as they enter womanhood, originally from the 1850s, based in part on her own life, and Greta Gerwig directed and wrote the seventh film adaptation. There was one done in 2018 for the 150th anniversary of Little Women, so that puts it as 1868. Ooh, math, it helps out. Most recently, we probably do the 1994 adaptation directed by Gillian Armstrong with Winona Ryder, Kirsten Dunst, and Claire Danes. The first ever one was a silent film in 1917. Instead of the linear chronological progression the original story had, Gerwig's kind of chopped it up and gone non-linear as the chronology aims for a more emotional impact. And This Little Woman stars Sharice Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, uh, Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, Tracy Letts, Bob Odenkirk, James Norton, Louise Garrell, Chris Cooper, and Meryl Streep. And it's scored by Alexander Desplat, a Parisian composer who's been a workhorse for the past decade or so. He's won two Oscars previously, both tied to score, one for the Grand Budapest Hotel and The Shape of Water, and he was recently nominated last year for his music from Isle of Dogs. Desplat recently worked on The Secret Life of Pets 2, and as upcoming releases go, he's got two doozies, and collaborating again with Wes Anderson for the upcoming French Dispatch, and again with Guillermo del Tomo for a stop-motion adaptation of Pinocchio. And for Little Women, Alexander Desplat and Greta Gerwig came up with a non-traditional idea. Instead of being based in the 19th century, they wanted music to be a mixture of Wolfgang Mozart and David Bowie. Desplat indicated in an interview with Variety that he was very inspired by the film because it's so beautiful and it touched him. He wrote quickly and he thought it would be an easy film to do, but at the end he was exhausted because he worked on many innovations and composed almost 90 minutes of music for the film. Many versions of the cues. And Gerwig started mixing and matching what it is. So music is kind of wall-to-wall throughout the film. Kind of like watching a ballet with beautiful people in beautiful places, discovering life and keeping their innocence and at the same time losing it. It's very minimal instrumentation here. There's two pianos and a few other um, strings. There's quite a lot of harp, flute, clarinet, and some celeste, maybe some vibraphone. Simple. Not a lot of instruments, so the music can breathe, and it ties into the ideas of innocence. 
From his Oscar nominated score to Limited Little Women, here's Alexander Desplat with the main theme. And listen to a few more cues as time permits.
From his Oscar-nominated score to Little Women, we heard Alexander Desplat there. First off, with the main theme, then a short little trifle called The Beach. Before we get a little slightly intense there, not majorly so, of course, in the Mozart way with Telegram. And appropriate for today, we heard Snow in the Garden. And behind me, also from Little Women, this is Dr. March's Daughters. Desplat was nominated for a Golden Globe this year for Little Women, but he lost to fellow Oscar nominee Hildur Guthnodotter for Joker, which we'll hear from in three weeks. And along with Best Original Score, Little Women is nominated in five other categories, including Best Motion Picture of the Year, Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role by Charisse Ronan, Supporting Actress with Florence Pugh, Best Adapted Screenplay by Greta Gerwig, Best Achievement in Costume Design, Jacqueline Duran. As you've probably been hearing as of late, there is one glaring absence, and there is no Best Director nod for Gerwig, despite her recontextualizing Alcott's novel, casting everybody, and doing all the work behind it. But yet again, after all these years, especially with Me Too and Time's Up, and everything else to recognize parody, no. We still are kind of capped at only having five nominated women for directorial experience in the past. 2019 was strong for female representation, so don't think of it as tokenism at all. Just think about Frozen 2, directed by Jennifer Lee, along with Chris Buck. Captain Marvel by Anna Bowden, along with Ryan Fleck. Selena Shiama's work on Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I've only seen the trailer for that. It looks awesome. Lulu Wang's The Farewell, and The Farewell has been robbed completely because Aquafina didn't even get a nomination or anyone else in the cast. Olivia Wilde's Booksmart, which did well in the Golden Globes. Of course, Oscars tend to not go with comedies that often. Uh, Mario Heller's A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers gets the nod. Director, nope. And then Loren Scafaria's Hustlers. And Jennifer Lopez, despite how she owns the screen for that film, no nod at all. So, that's part one of our Oscar profiles. Next week, we'll look at Thomas Newman's music from 1917, which has a bit of a uh, pull behind it. Then we'll hear the week after his relative Randy Newman with Marriage Story, and then we'll combine a Joker and the Rise of Skywalker together as a redux based on past profiles. Otherwise, this will be our countdown towards February 9th, when the 92nd Oscars are handed out. So therefore, on February 10th, there'll be our Oscar winner show. We'll have some profile related to the Oscars. And oh yeah, it's CITR fun drive time again, too. So start saving your pennies, look into the couch, clear some space on your bank account, and help out. That's going to be it for Exploding Hit Movies this week. Coming up very shortly, it's The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker. And he'll guide you to midnight and beyond. So hopefully you are warm wherever you are. Just keep tuned into CITR. Hopefully, cozy and snug. Although, I understand if you have to just do whatever you need to outside in the cold, so we'll be with you that way. If you missed any of this week's episode, the playlist will be up along with the MP3 on the Exploding Head Movie Show page at www.citr.ca. You can email to anytime radiofreegack at gmail.com. Exploding Hit Movies is on Facebook under its given name, on Twitter, at 100air, and on Instagram, Myopic Man. This Friday is January 17th, marking the birth date of art, according to the Fluxists. 
And I'll be providing two hours of programming as part of CITR's annual 24 Hours of Radio Art. I'm sometime after 7 p.m. to be determined. Maybe it'll be 7 p.m. We'll figure it out. Still have to actually come up with the show. Otherwise, since we had a whole bunch of pinball number count from Sesame Street, let's have a jazz cover here. Neil Cowley's on the piano here, and originally off his 2006 debut with the trio Displaced. This is your pinball number count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 12. 